0: Okay. Student Student Radio Radio Maastricht. Maastricht. (laughs) This is Student Radio Maastricht, and you're listening to Crossroads, the show about traveling stories in South America. Part 2 Different places, different people. Why do we travel? Surely there are a lot of answers to this question. Some people want to challenge themselves and embark on a journey of self discovery. Others travel to escape their daily routine and have the freedom to do whatever they want. And then there are those that simply go for the thrill of an adventure. But to be honest, self discovery, freedom, and adventure, those are things you could possibly experience close to your home as well. So why would you fly halfway across the world? I believe we travel because you end up in a place that is so different from your home. You get to meet people that have a different mindset, speak a different language and come from a different culture than your own. And no matter how much you hear or read about it beforehand, it is only when you arrive and experience it firsthand that you begin to understand the place and the local people. I still get nostalgic whenever I think about my time hitchhiking in Chile and Argentina. Talking to the drivers about their jobs and the region and sipping on mate, a local caffeine-rich tea that is always shared with the people around you. For me, it is those interactions and experiencing the local culture that make traveling worth it. My name is Florian Bohr. This is Crossroads. And in this episode, we'll first hear about someone's experience in one of the most beautiful and famous cities in South America.
1: Uh, My name is Mark and I'm from Spain, from Barcelona. Uh, But uh, you, uh, wait, you asking me or I should have like tell you my life?
0: No, no, no. no. (laughs) I'm I'm asking you. uh, It's just a small introduction before we say it. So I have your name on tape. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, but
1: I mean, you want my name, like what I'm doing or... If do however much you want to tell. I mean, it's, it's like the depends. I mean, okay. Um, my name is Mark and I'm, I'm from Spain, from Barcelona. I'm 23 years old. And uh, here we are um, in Chile right now. Travel wasn't on my plans. Um, maybe one year ago, for example. But um, so after my uni, I uh, in Barcelona, I moved to London and I was living there um, more than one year and I was working and um, I was really lucky because I met a lot of people there, really nice people. And then I realized that um, it wasn't the right uh, time for me to to start working. I met a lot of people like hanging out and I heard um, all these stories like traveling, living and I mean, um, I had so much fun there, but I wanted to also have these stories for me and also to tell to people. So um, that's why when I, when my contract finished, I said, I'm not going to renew it. I'm going to just try a new experience. And yeah, I said, I'm going to travel. Um, yeah, basically my uh, trip, uh, I wanted to just do to, to, to Brazil because I was um, working with people from Brazil when I was working in London, but eventually um, I, I said, I mean, I don't know when it's going to be the next time I'm going to be in South America, and I said maybe I should go to another countries. Then I planned uh, maybe one month, one more and a half in Brazil, and also go to Argentina and Chile, and at the end, I guess when you travel, your plans change a lot and I end up in Uruguay as well and I'm planning to go to Bolivia now. But I mean, it's really um,
0: useful to plan but it doesn't work Max. I met Mark in a hostel in Chiloe, a large island off the coast of Chile. He had been to different places in South America but it was easy to tell which one he liked the most. Whenever he would speak about his time in Brazil, he would get all excited and his whole face would light up. And there was one Brazilian city in particular that had captured his heart. How long did you spend in Rio?
1: I was 10 days and then I come back 4 days. So okay. I mean 14 days. And what time of that was Carnival? 4 days. So you had 10 days, moved somewhere else, came back for Carnival. Yeah, that was a crazy thing because my plan was, wasn't was to come back to Rio. It was going south uh, Brazil but then I was like meeting people and everyone was going up and I was like yeah no I'm not going I'm not going I'm spending like carnival I don't know in Sao Paulo or another place and um I had the chance to be um to be uh, for carnival in Sao Paulo I was already a bit mad because I was meeting a lot of people and going up so the next day I took a bus really randomly and um I went to Rio I took the cheapest hostel I found in hostel world, which wasn't cheap, and uh, I just went there. Yeah, and it was really crazy. I was worth it to do it, to change the plan. They have. Um, They call that you have the carnival, which is um, what you see on the TV, like the the parade. Uh, But this is you need to pay for that. And this is not the real carnival for Brazilians. Uh, The real carnival are the blocos, which is the parties on the streets. And uh, one month before um, every weekend, they start with the blocos. So you have on Saturdays and Sundays, uh, I don't know, maybe for example at 11, one bloco, at uh, three another bloco in different parts of the city. And then you have uh, the week of carnival, which is every day these blocos, and you have maybe 40 blocos every day in different parts of the city. Really huge, so you have a, a bloco in every... like maybe 10 blocos in every neighbourhood. So then you choose where you want to go, you choose um, the neighbourhood, and you choose the bloco where you're going and the time. You know, if you want to go party at 8am, you can. If you want to party at 1 p.m. or 1 am, totally fine, you can do it as well. It's really, um, it's not only about the party, I think. It's just the way that the Brazilians make the carnival. They believe a lot in religion, I mean, in, uh, really, uh, in God and everything. Um, I mean, not everyone. But on carnival, uh, basically, are days that you are totally free. And they say that, actually, in the story... Like, free, free of... Free of, of religion and... Free of, of everything. So if you're, like, straight guy, if you want to kiss a guy, you kiss a guy. And if you're, like, uh, I don't know, you kiss whatever you want. So basically, it's also uh, about sexuality and everything. And then, and I don't know, a bit nasty? Because it's just about kissing and I'm kissing you and then I'm kissing another one, you know? um maybe you can yeah you find like a one that maybe you want to hooked up or whatever but lots of them it's just like oh you're really hot i kiss you and then i move and girls girls guys 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 girls everything is really messed up but it's so fun yeah i i enjoy it so much yeah I love Brazil, for example, but of course Brazil, um, it's not dangerous, but you need to be careful. And for example, in Rio, you don't have to carry your phone or your wallet. You have some cash and that's all because it's really easy to get uh, that you get robbed. A uh, lot of people being robbed in something that can happen everywhere. But in Rio, it happens uh, more often. So um, basically, when we were like one day in Carnival, we were like in Ipanema. And we were like on the beach, we met, uh, we were like a group of people and we met uh, Brazilian people, so it was really nice. And then the block uh, um, already was over, so we were like on the beach and we said, well, we can just lie on the beach and if you want, if uh, anyone wants to swim, they swim. So we went to the beach at 4 a.m. and um, there was a party actually in Ipanema, but Ipanema is really huge. So we were like in, a, in one side that there was only local people, it was really quiet. Bad idea, really bad idea. Some people took the their clothes off and they went for um, for swimming and everything. And everyone took their trainers off as well. For just we were in the sand and everything. We were like just chilling and talking and drinking a bit. And then we were like, start. Well, I start to listen to some people like behind me, like really shouting and everything. So I just, I saw there were like a lot of um, group of people around us, like local people, you know. But it was okay. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I was thinking this is not ha- not 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 gonna happen to me, and I I do love Rio so much that. This is cool people like the rest of people that I met maybe. So maybe you were a bit naive in that way. Maybe That's yes, maybe yes. So there's basically they all. There were like five guys, and they come to us and they start talked with the Brazilian people and um, you cannot like uh, from them. You know, like I mean, you just need. To, I mean, they are like dangerous. You see them. They're like a, I don't know. They are not gangsters, but they look like gangsters because they are just people who robbed. I saw them, so I just took my trainees, and when they were like just one meter um, from us, I just stand up, and uh, when I saw that they were like really aggressive, I just ran away, and then some people with me, and then some other people they stay there and they were like talking to them while not talking, like um, shouting them, and they start to um, check all the clothes that they were on the on the sand, like pants and trainees and then they were like they got really aggressive. So, for example, one of them, they just punched in the face of, of, um, of one guy from our group. But he was OK. He was really OK. But he ran away after. So we lost, like, clothes and credit cards and everything. So we got robbed. And then we wanted to go to the police to, to report it. So basically, as this carnival, they have, like, vans. Mm-hmm. Um, so we saw a van, and suddenly the van, uh, like uh, some police, came out from the van, and there was like a fight between the police and some people as well. They were like throwing bottles and everything. So of course, we we left it. I mean, some th- it was only the credit card who was valuable because the trainees and fans is okay. I mean, but even like this, as I told you before, I think. I got scared for two or three minutes. I was like, "Fuck it!" I mean, I what the hell I'm doing? I mean, this is totally shit. I I really got scared, but I still love Rio. I mean, in Rio it happens frequently and it's really maybe aggressive, so you need to be careful always. I mean, it's a really bad idea to go to the beach at four a.m. in Rio. No way. I mean, we were lucky on that that we could uh, run away and everything, you know, and we saw them before. Um, but still, I think that um, I, I had so much good experience from that place as well. That for one bad, even if it's quite bad, I think it's fine.
0: Maybe that's quite a nice way to look at it. It's easy to let a negative experience overshadow the rest of your time in a place. But Mark decided. Not to let that one night dictate his opinion of Rio and love the city all the same.
1: And, um, what uh, more, let's see. Uh, be careful. I mean, South America is not as dangerous as people say. I mean, don't believe your parents, please. They are really, they get really crazy about this. Um, I mean, they just, they think it's like a nightmare, South America. It's not. People, it's really, really nice. Of course, it depends of. The country, but they are really nice. They really help you if you don't if you don't speak Spanish. It's fine. You just they, they will they will try to, to to help you to to I don't know. I mean, uh, for example, in Brazil, they just um, they just come to you to the place sometimes. You ask to the people um, on the street, and they say like, if the, if you don't speak Portuguese, for example, and they don't speak English, they just come. Oh, I'm coming with you and maybe it's like 10 uh, minutes walk and then show you uh, all here you are, you know. That is really nice, I think. But yeah, I mean, maybe it's more important something like this and not like me. No, you should carry this in your backpack or whatever. You have a lot of uh, um, videos on YouTube about this.
0: It's recording now. Go ahead. So. Don't drink
2: coffee during the interview. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah. You guys ready? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, my name is Maxim Ulrich. I'm 22, from Canada, but the French part, so Quebec. Um...
3: So, um, uh, my name is Mehdi, and I'm also from Canada and Montreal, but uh, I was born in Algeria. But that's why my face doesn't look like the guy beside me. Like you could tell. Yeah, you could tell like in my voice too. But, yeah. but I have a better beard. You cannot see it, but I have a much... <laughs> it looks way better. No, I can
0: confirm as well. <laughs> I have a Thank, you. Thank you, Flo. You. Um,
3: it was not in a uh, classroom. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like a... Um, Course about statistics, and we were uh, at the back completely of that class. Like it was a four hour class or three hour, I don't remember exactly. But uh, all I remember is like we we weren't listening, we're just sitting side by side, and we're like, dude, it would be pretty cool if we took a gap year. (laughs) You know what we can do? Oh, we can go to South America, learn Spanish, yeah, (laughs) motorcycle, motorcycle, yeah, even better, take a boat, yeah, across the Atlantic. (laughs) It was going up and up and up, and uh. That's the start of the idea. One week before the deadline to apply for the
0: the gap year. That's when we started thinking Mm -hmm. about it. I first met Max and Mehdi in a hostel in Chiloe. Actually the same hostel where I met Mark, the guy from the first interview. I only got to know them briefly then, but as it often happens when you're traveling, I ran into them again and ended up joining them on their trip down to Ushuaia, the most southern city of South America. It was instantly noticeable that Max and Medi are very close friends. The kind of friends that make fun of each other at every opportunity. And they had lots of little stories to share. When the two of them arrived in Bolivia, they bought motorbikes and had their first experiences riding in South America.
2: When we started with our motorbikes, um, the first big ride we did, we both fell. Google Map was telling us to go on the ride. But we said, that manual oh, it looks really way shorter, way really shorter on the left. we should take this one and, and
3: it looked like the national highway, so we're like for sure it's gonna be in good condition. but no, it was a four hundred more than four hundred k of construction. and I remember, It was going up a hill, and then I was I went up the hill, and I just saw Max on the ground (laughs) because he (laughs) fell, and I was in my head. I was like, "Oh shit!" And my next thought was, "Yes, I'm not the first one who fell," and then I (laughs) have to. And then I think ten minutes afterwards, I was in the front at that point, and then on a curve, I took uh, sand under the the front tire, and I just fell down, and I was like, "Ah, shit." And then we got to Sucre and the first thing we had to do is repair the new <laughs> motorcycle we just got because it was stupid That's enough true. to fail. Yeah. But
2: uh, but yeah, that, that works. And then when we left Sucre... I fell again. He fell again. <laughs> Engine-wise, it wasn't broken, but like the, um, the handle was a bit... The handlebar was the crooked. Yeah. So for the rest of the trip, it was like that. Have, my back hurts. He had a knot in then. his A bike. knot in
0: my back forever because of that. After that, they traveled south down to Argentina where well, they camped in some beautiful places. On the way down to
2: Cordoba, we, the roads were amazing, really amazing. And then we, we stopped to sleep close to a, a river that was going down like up a valley. It was crazy. So it was perfect. So what we decided is to put our camp on and then obviously go swim naked in the river, right? <laughs> that, that, that I mean, one, it's We were the only ones there, so we just we just removed our clothes, went in. I don't know what the water was perfect. We we even found like a a spa. We were just laying down, and then at some point I just come up and I had like
0: leeches on my back on my ass. But really <laughs> small leeches. Yeah, so. but still, I mean, it, was like, it, it kills the mood. After their time there, they biked into Chile and further down south, also to Chiloé, the islands where I met them, but. After a few months of traveling, they decided they were done traveling on motorbikes. They wanted to try something new. So they decided to sell their bikes. They first tried to do it the official way in Chile. Yeah, we tried to sell for
2: three or four days the bikes in Chile. But bureaucracy can be a bit difficult. So we just said fuck it
3: and we went to Argentina. And literally just after crossing the border 15 minutes in there was a, a city called Los Antigos and we we went in and we we were supposed to go to a garage but we found a gumeria max went in 10 minutes after he came out and was like they actually want to buy the motorcycle so we had a, and then there's like a guy who came who looked like central bubble yeah like literally with curly hair and like crazy eyes yeah was really like crazy eyes and uh, he was like how much uh, 15,000 each or if you want both 10,000 each and he's like okay like he jumped on it yeah
2: like we figured like oh maybe we could have sold we could have asked for more because we really jumped on it and then they paid us but obviously Sensual Job like only gave 9,000 to Medi yeah because I I, I trusted <laughs> him and
3: I was car. like okay I'm not gonna count 10,000 uh, pesos in the streets and I was like okay I'll it looked like a good amount of money.
2: Yeah, but you see the guy looks like Central Bob. I mean, you,
0: yeah, you but I prefer, the
3: money. <laughs> I prefer to trust people, okay?
0: After they sold their bikes, they tried out a slightly different form of transportation. So uh,
2: since then we did um, the tracking. That's where the crispy part is. Over uh,
3: in we slept there. We slept actually by, beside the, the, gas dessert, station. the gas station.
0: And you put up a tent there. Yeah, we put it, yeah. there
3: was a wall the and, was and there was like some, a hedge so we could put our tent in between and just like, be a little bit protected from the wind. And the plan the next morning was to hitchhike. And we had a friend who did exactly the same thing as us and he told us, oh, there's a road that, that goes towards another road that allows you to reach the 40 afterwards. But he said, like, ah, oh, you might be lucky and get a car that comes and that's going this way, and it's just they're gonna pick you up. But in the end, it was a shitty road, gravel road that that took us two hours to walk to reach the intersection without any car. That's so clearly
2: nobody takes. Then know? it clearly. Nobody so we did. could have taken the other way around and go to that point way faster, or at least not like on gravel.
3: So, yeah. And then we put our stuff. And it was, like, maybe around 11 in the morning. And we waited. And there was, like, we saw maybe two, three cars in one hour. And no one stopped. They were going, like, 150. And no one came from the road we came from. But in the end, there's, like, one a 4x4 four four that comes from that road and we're like <laughs> yeah he's like what are the chances they're gonna stop for us and I'm like I don't know and they actually stopped and uh, and we looked inside and there was like two cauchos which is like the cowboys from Argentina with their kid but like, yeah they look like rednecks and they're like oh yeah well, where do you wanna go chat Chalten oh yeah, yeah we're, we're from Chalten yeah. because they oh we, we came here because there was a couple of Spanish um, they were in Al Chalten and they were stuck there for one week because no one is going up north to hitchhike. so they did. we were like oh yeah they're really nice people so yeah if they did that for like a couple of minutes they, it will be nice to hitchhike with them and in the end they came from that road so we were pretty thankful yeah. for Magnus yeah to still, we, we waited still like two hours still two hours plus two hours of walking so yeah we we, we went in into the car and we had the little eight-year-old kid between us who was playing annoying games on his cell phone with the full volume but yeah then then they started driving and then after i think 15 20 minutes they were like oh yeah we're gonna take a detour we need to go see some friends at the
2: on an which is like a ranch." and you know this road is actually it's already not really a big road so when you take a detour you're really in the middle of nowhere so yeah, when we stopped, they, they left the house
3: and they are like, oh, we're gonna just go a few minutes, if you wanna walk a little bit. we are like, okay, yeah, we'll chill in the, in the car, mm-hmm. eat a little bit, because we, we didn't have lunch at that point. And then I looked uh, in the front, and there was like the, the cover. The case. And a, a, a case, like a, a tissue case, I don't know how to explain it, but a, a case. And I was like... Yeah, that's either a violin or a gun. That's either a violin or that's a rifle. <laughs> That's not large enough to be a violin, so that's probably <laughs> They're not thick enough, so that's probably yeah. a rifle.
2: So like, oh damn, we're, okay. that I mean, we're gonna die. I mean, they just went re- really off-road. Real. There's nobody there. There's a huge gun, like even no one knows. Are no gun. one yeah. knows we're Little, here. Nobody. So nobody. Doesn't, they can do pretty much what they want. We're, um, like, we're like, nah, nah, like, nah, that's impossible. We continue reading, but like, but we're well, shaking, you know.
3: After one hour and a half, they came back and we were like, oh, we're we coming back and taking the real road now. They just went in further in their fucking detour. <laughs> and, and they were like driving, taking roads with puddles in it. it was just, You cannot not even see the road sometime. We had no clue where they were going. We were looking at Google Maps to make sure they were going the right direction. But, uh, and it was sort of the right direction. Yeah, kind so, of, I mean, it, was, yeah. it was going. Towards something. It was going towards Alcaten, but <laughs> with really, really huge detours. And um, at a certain point, they just like
2: stopped. They saw the guana, like a herd of guanacos. Guanacos is um, is a type of llama, llama. or like alpaca. And then the the, what is special is like the small kid was really excited about seeing the guanacos, and we're like, oh, he likes the animals, you know? So it was like so exciting, like oh, it's so cute. I mean, like maybe they're gonna run towards it or whatever.
3: Yeah, um, and we we look at it like why is why is he looking at guanacos so this way? Why is he excited? There's like a shit ton of them around here.
2: Then they take the case and then they take the gun out and then. And then they, he just
3: like props the gun out of the window.
2: In, and the in the car in the car and I'm like okay
3: dude put your hands put your like hands in your ears like because this is gonna blow <laughs> and then he's like oh no I'm not comfy enough so he gets out of the car and then he plops the, the rifle with uh, the, the stand hood. on the hood of the car and he starts shooting at the cornacles like 200 meters away and he misses he, he misses
0: do the Ganakas run away yeah they do yeah. they yeah. like
2: no which is quite funny because they don't know where it's coming from right so they just like raise their head kind of panic they all go a bit like in different places yeah and then he shots another time he misses again they guy like, kind of figure it out and then they all move but then the the kid was really disappointed mm. you could see like he wants to go to get yeah. shot <laughs> But the first shot was the
3: the, the guy who drove. I think it was the granddad, and he was like he was he was pretty close. he was the grandkids were really far, and then I think it was his son, which is who was another too. like twenty five, two eighty, and so he's he's the one who shoots afterwards, and he's so bad. And, like, the, the gonakos was, like, 50 meters away, and he misses by, like, 10. But,
2: well, I mean, I, we, we don't know. We, I know, but he, we he, he, he
3: was much worse than his dad, and he yeah. was really bad.
2: And I so it happened, like, a couple of times. Like, we continue, like, we saw another herd of Gonacos, he tried, he missed, we saw, and we, like, kind of... We're, we're developing like that hope that we wanted to <laughs> that he get it as well yeah kind of feeling bad but i mean we're like yeah, cool, let's go let's go yeah. and almost I,
0: as excited as a kid yeah, yeah
2: almost. almost well he was jumping on a seat but yeah almost and, and i then, was
3: nearly yeah. to the point to ask him can i shoot yeah
2: <laughs> we were on the 40 at that point because that ro- finally met the 40 and the 40 continued and then he saw another and then he tried and he finally got it which was not funny but i mean the guanaco's reaction was to start running and then at some point like he just like he just fell fell. (laughs) back yeah literally like his front legs up above him and then underground and then he
3: got out of the car and started running
2: that the kid and the guy who just shot it they started running to the guanaco like and the kid was filming all the way. Yeah, he was like, he
3: was filming with his cell phone. And the guy, he, what he does, like, when he's running, he picks up a huge rock and he comes towards it and he starts smacking his head. Yeah, the head. And it was like, thing. I was doing, like, you know, when you have like uh, coconuts and you smack them together, the sound it makes like resonates. Yeah, it yeah,
2: was exactly, exactly that exactly sound. Like it was like, top, 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 broken bone. And then he took his knife and he started stabbing the heart of the guanaco. I don't know if it was because they were like they wanted to stop the suffering or whatever, or just they wanted to get over with it. But yeah, they Stabbing overstabbed him. him in the heart. And they then, both, like the kid. And no, no the, the, like the kid was just mm. filming and smiling and laughing. And <laughs> yeah, having way too much fun. And then they stopped a bit. They saw they was still moving. They knocked him over again, and then they stabbed him again. And then when they were sure that he was really dead. They started cutting pieces. They started cutting like the the legs, the, the back uh, legs, with the the, the, the sides, yeah, the side of the or the back, the lomo. The this kind of llama doesn't have a lot of um, meat. No, there's there's some meat, oh, but they, it doesn't a have of, a lot of um, fat. No, yeah, where well, so it's a really cholesterol-free food. That's why they they like it, and what that's why it's. So it's a bit more healthy. Yeah. And yeah. there's a shitload of gonako. There's really a lot of gonako in, in this area. So you don't feel that bad that just one got shot. And they don't have any... F- not fur, but how can you say? How do you say? Uh, wool. Wool. May so I it's not for it. the wool. It's really just for the, for the meat. I mean, that's okay. Like, you get the meat and then you leave. But what was weird is the little kid still filming, sometimes filming us, like our reaction as well, was taking the legs, the color legs, and was try, like playing with it, and then walking with it, and then, or taking the the like, mouth and like making it speak, or stepping on his well, neck and making like the head go up. Yeah, he was pre- he was for an eight-year-old
3: kid or nine. He was pretty sadi- sadistic. Yeah. So and we were both of, like me and Max. We were like, what the fuck? Like, okay. like we were lucky. We we don't mind the sight of blood. Because I, I, know, I was like imagining some of my friends watching
2: it, and we're like, there, you will freak out. So. <laughs> all the games of the little kid, which were shooting games, some of them like shooting dinosaurs, all seem weird now, <laughs> knowing okay. that is, like loving killing animals, and mm-hmm. not really necessarily because the meat is good, you know
0: and, and I, they just and then they just took the meat and left packed it
3: up and yeah. left the rest of it like we're, like pretty much all of the rest of it except the its back legs and the back meat so that that's all they took and they left the rest of it there probably for like boat tours condors or whatever yeah. like, animals that eat car, the so, rest of it and uh, so yeah and that's we were at that point maybe three hours four hours into the ride and then when they they continued and they stopped at another Estancia to talk with people. Our theory
2: is they're having drug deals. I think they're mafia, like the mafia of El Chalten or something like that, because they were stopping and then people didn't really know them, but they know, knew them, they like, yeah, okay, come on in, like, let's talk. And then they leave and then they go to another place and then they kill Guanacos. We made it to
3: finally to El Chalten after six hours. Six hours. It took six, six hours, hours from, from our... the time we got picked up to the moment <laughs> we like made it to Adchotan. Which is like two-hour ride. You know?
2: Yeah.
3: So. <laughs> so what time? Uh, six, uh, seven, maybe. In, yeah, around seven. Seven. Uh, yeah. Around seven. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's when we made it to Adchotan.
2: We saw actually we saw the um, the drivers of the who picked us up in the in the club afterwards, and then they gave us drinks and stuff.
0: Cool. <laughs> so there were still nice people yeah I mean, no they were nice, no, no, really
2: nice I mean mafia can do nice as right? well yeah it's like nice mafia <laughs> so that's pretty that's that's it for the hitchhiking story and since then we didn't do any more hitchhiking yeah but um, not because of that just because of we tried after didn't get scared <laughs> yeah,
3: but after that when we went to, to leave El Chaltan we went there we went like outside of the city we waited for like 3-4 hours and nothing Four, so like uh, fuck that and then we took a bus that night And for since then we took buses and now we have a car so we has pretty lazy yeah. bastards now
0: this was part 2 of Crossroads music was recorded and produced by Dylan Youngblood and me if you're interested check out Dylan's band called Nairobi Golf Kid Thank you also to Mark, Max, and Medi for the interviews. Crossroads is part of Student Ready Maastricht, a platform for interested students to produce audio podcasts as easily as possible. If you want to hear more from us, including the next two parts of the series, please like Student Ready Maastricht on Facebook and subscribe to it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Take your time and uh, have fun and try to learn Spanish. It's yeah, really definitely. Worth it. Definitely, that's it's, really, it that's makes huge. a huge difference. We met a lot of people who didn't know one word of Spanish, and it, their experiences are just completely different than ours. You just meet locals. You can talk with them. Yeah. You can go trekking with them. You can. They offer you asados. And, uh, they give you. They give you marijuana if you want.
2: Really? Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah.
3: So yeah, if uh, that's true. try to learn Spanish, then you could also do hitchhiking.
2: Your hitchhiking yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. really helps. <laughs> um,
3: yeah, so yeah. And if they have a rifle in the car, you can at least tell them like shoot my film or yeah or oh, yeah. <laughs> Give me a chance please. Oh, so yeah. So yeah,
2: but I don't know. Yeah, just
0: travel. That's the best advice I think. Just yeah. travel.